These are real people. They do have struggles. And it starts to get on my nerves. I just shut down. So many people suffer from mental illness. To get the word out that men have got to start talking. A lot of people don't understand the depth of the situation, so mm -hmm. they can't appreciate, yeah. It's difficult dealing with our minds, and the suicidal thoughts were back. People knew that there was something not right, but they just never really said anything or probably felt like it wasn't their place to say anything. You're not depressed, it's, it's all in your head. That's probably the statement I've had people say the most. I mean, this, this, this shit is real and it's hard, it's exhausting. Sometimes you need somebody to just give you permission. And I think people realise how helpful that one conversation can be just to figure out why you are feeling the way you are. Not only did this help me to write it, it potentially might have helped some other people as well. So it sort of started from there. People just want to know that they're, they just want to know that they're safe to talk and share these things. So many people think they're alone. And then you hear other people talk about it and they think, oh, that's, you know, that's so brave or I could relate to that. Um, and then they want to talk about it. Hello and welcome to the Open Journal Podcast. I hope you're well. hope things are going good for you this week. I'm delighted to say that in this episode, Erin is joining us again. I think for the fourth episode, we look back and uh, our last conversation was in May 22. The conversation before that was in May 21. So we're almost on an annual schedule now. So a big thank you to Erin for coming back again. Um, providing some insights and updates in a, a lot of different conversations as well. I think this is one of the really nice thing of kind of having returning guests being able to branch out slightly with some of the conversations. So a big thank you to Aaron for sharing those insights and updates and also for the open conversation that we had as well. And obviously throughout our conversation, I'm pretty sure as in previous ones, there's a lot of opinion in these. We, we have a lot of open discussions and we don't necessarily agree with each other. So you definitely don't have to agree with any of the things that we say. But it's really nice to sit down, have a conversation and hear some of Aaron's insights. The conversation did run a little bit long. So this is going to be split into two episodes. So this first one where we focus a little bit more on Aaron's experience within wrestling as a performer and kind of moving into some of the media side and commentary and being involved with um, graphics and promotions and things like that. And then in the second part, so in two weeks time, uh, we talk a little bit more about um, kind of off topic conversations around kind of character designs, representation within mainstream media, cats versus dogs, and also kind of what it's like to have a podcast. So I really hope you enjoy these two episodes, but this one first. And again, a big thank you to Aaron for kind of sharing and being part of the podcast. Throughout, we do mention some of Aaron's other works. So there'll be links to that as well. Go and have a look at WrestlePlug. Um, through this conversation and obviously the things that Aaron mentions, some of it is a little bit graphic. There's a lot of wrestling related stuff in there. Um, so if that is not for you, probably both of these episodes might not necessarily be for you. But give it a listen, give it a try and see what you think. If you do really enjoy it, definitely go and check out the stuff that Aaron's doing with WrestlePlug. Um, well worth looking at. And there will be links in the podcast notes as well. A huge thank you to everyone for continuing to listen, subscribe and support the podcast. I really hope you enjoy this first part of a two-part conversation. Here it is. Yeah, it's lovely to sit down with you, Aaron, and have the opportunity to... To kind of recap, we just looked back 
um, and seeing that we've had a conversation once a year for the last couple of years, um, so it must be time for us to sit back yeah. down again. Um, Feel like you're ducking me now, pal. <laughs> like, going on here? Why are you yeah. running away from me? Because um, I, I know all your guests are so lovely. They're such lovely people. <laughs> I listen to them. I'm like, oh, these people are lovely. And then I come on. I'm like, just a shit house. Like, <laughs> breaking the mold. <laughs> Oh dear, um, but that's the, I don't know, because you, you obviously produce your own content as well and share conversations, but for me, like that's the brilliant thing of things like the podcast of having people that have different ways of talking and communicating and different experiences. Um, so no, uh, oh, yeah, it's great to, it's great to have you on and to look back and like I say, I can't quite believe um, the, the, like the time that's passed in between episodes and I know I'm sure a lot has gone on and we're, we're catch up a little bit, but just at the moment, like how's your week been? What's going on for you at the moment? Um, I've just come off um, a pretty heavy week in terms of uh, my work. I'm obviously a sole trader now, which is lovely. And uh, yeah, I'm working independently. Uh, I'm self-employed as a wrestling, um, basically, well, not necessarily just wrestling, but I work in like obviously videography, as I mentioned last time, mm. graphic design. Um, content creation, media production, media management, social media management, literally anything you can imagine media based, I can create and produce for people. So if anyone's listening, by the way, it's Aaron Nix Design, just in case anybody wants a, you know, a, a cheeky graphic, maybe logo design, t-shirt design, honestly, anything you can think of that's going to help you brand, I can do that. Um, even by using my own voice as well um, for selling for things like, for instance, last weekend, I was the MC for Behind Closed Doors in Bournemouth. Uh, so you know it's it's nice i like my style of work because when i'm on the road i do a lot of work from home which can be very mentally exhausting staring at a screen for hours upon end you know you feel like you're becoming very sedentary and it's very difficult not to become a humongous blob under those conditions whereas obviously being out on the road you know uh last week i was in hull on saturday for the preeminent deathmatch wrestling in rise and then obviously wednesday i was at rumble in hoddeston in hertfordshire at the spotlight theater for a more you know classic british wrestling experience and then i was the mc uh, behind closed doors on saturday and that gives you an idea of the variety of life that i sometimes get to live but unfortunately for me i'm not working three or four times a week as of yet despite my skill set so uh at least in terms of live shows and so until i reach that point i'm not going to be satisfied with what i'm doing but that was my week um which included a man dressed as a masked invader screaming choppy choppy at me uh the former rise heavyweight champion trying to cave my head in with a steel chair and uh just generally being teased by a load of very muscular lads in hertfordshire while they were obviously paying tribute to the legendary brian dixon so that gives you an idea of how wacky and stupid wrestling is at the best of times it sounds so interesting and it's really um really interesting to kind of see some of the posts like i feel like i see less of some of the things you do we've kind of mentioned your across different platforms now as well of mm. how much your I guess your personal portfolio has kind of grown over the last couple of years as well. I remember um, possibly the last conversation, maybe the one before where you were kind of starting to do more of the, um, like the, the comms marketing side and the production of, like you say, logos, videos, um, being more of a, a speaker or a commentator for things. Um, it feels like that sort of side of what you do has grown a lot more. 
yeah, the entertainment value, the mm. um, the presentation value has become predominantly what I do. I still wrestle from time to time. I'm actually wrestling at the end of this month in the King of Essex Royal Rumble over at IWE, uh, where you'll get to see me as the Egyptian Death Machine, Aaron Nix, which is good stuff. Um, I'll obviously be yeeting fools around and making them aware of exactly who I am. Um, but yeah, no, I predominantly now do presentations. I'll be honest with you, like people don't want to talk about it because it makes them uncomfortable, especially in our business, which is, let's be honest, incredibly carny. Uh, mm. But they don't want to talk about the fact that there is very little to no money in just being a wrestler. All the money is actually in the promotion, the presentation, the podcast, the interviews, the you know the design, the gear, mm. everything like that. There's very little to no money. And even then, there's not enough money really there. Like, I still work on the farm like I did as a part-time job solely to mm. kind of make ends meet, particularly in a, a climate like this, which is ferociously difficult to make any sort of living in unless you have that incredibly stable, incredibly lucrative job. So, yeah, I... um. Uh, you know it's 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 a shame because a lot of shows i go to people are like oh you, you're not gonna wrestle like you know because obviously i'm a large guy as well i'm not exactly the smallest man in the world six three three hundred pounds people look at me and they're like oh jesus like he's clearly here to beat the crap out of people <laughs> and more often than not i'm not i'm there to do the other things but the thing is i really enjoy those things it's not like i do them mm. because i don't want to wrestle it's because i actually really love them like my skill set now predominantly involves videography and photography for you know client shoots and things of that nature i'm very blessed that you know my work has kind of got to a level now where it can be considered professional and can be you know monetized to a professional standard Mm, mm. and it's that journey as well isn't it like i guess unless you're very very fortunate i think more fortunate than skilled mm. does do those things happen suddenly it takes time doesn't it to build up that skill set that experience of i guess like a particular tool or um asset will work in one situation but not in another and learning kind of how to use that and i i kind of imagine again like those the like the the speaking and listening skills that you'll have got from um both resting but also kind of through the podcast and other bits and pieces as well where you develop a skill set without thinking that's what you're doing you're like oh i'm doing this thing because i really enjoy it and i want to talk to people about it and then kind of further down the line um you maybe realize more oh actually i've got this skill set or this experience that i've built up over time and I don't know if that does that sort of match with kind of where you feel like things maybe started off with, I don't want to say a hobby, but something you kind of did voluntary. And, and now there's, uh, like you say, it's being set up as a sole trader, being commissioned, having different types of opportunity come your way as well, not just within wrestling. It, it, there's, there's a journey that you've been on there. Yeah, absolutely. It's it's a journey for anyone when it starts that way. Like I wasn't somebody who grew up wanting to be a cinematographer, a videographer, a photographer. I always had a passion for it and I always loved watching films, but I never thought, oh, one day I'm going to create my own films. One day I'm going to create my own promotional material and things of that nature or work with TV or whatever it might be. Like we've just sent off a couple of TV pilots for wrestling. You know, it, it's one of those things where I obviously the one thing that was always a constant for me was being a professional wrestling fan. And so for me, I get to live that dream of working within that business. Now, obviously everybody starts out wanting to be Bret Hart or the rock, 
Uh, and then you realize that the potential for that is very limited. Not saying that it isn't there. Like I know quite a few guys, like I work with a lot of WWE talents or ex-WWE talents, which is great. And obviously they're very forthcoming in information of how you can improve and things of that nature. But three years ago was when I really first picked up a camera uh, because I noticed there was just this horrendous gap in terms of how we produce and how we present professional wrestling. Mm. And I did like, well, I think it was 2021 was when I began right out of the pandemic. Uh, and I only had about three or four gigs that year. And then obviously last year was my first full year as a videographer at least doing, you know, I'd done like, you know, a lot of design work and stuff before that, but nothing of regular basis. That was very much, oh, I'm just doing the odd design here and there for a little bit of extra cash. You know, it was very much just a side hustle and that was it. And over time, uh, especially last year, things just went into overdrive where people realized the quality of my work because I'm one of these people. I'm extremely driven. I'm extremely passionate. I will not produce crap. I don't do half-assed jobs. Uh, whatever I set my mind to, I want to be at a professional level at. And I was determined that you know my camera work and the way that I edit and my graphic design and the production that I provide to my videos was going to stand out and be of a professional grade. And that's exactly what it's become. Uh, and last year, I ended up doing nearly 30 shows. And I set myself a target this year. I was like, yo, I want to beat that. We've just started June, and I'm already on 26. So, you know, that's where the kind of drive comes from. That's where it grows from. Um, it did initially start out. It never started out as a hobby as such, because it's a weird kind of statement. But I don't really believe in hobbies that earn money. Like, that's not really my thing. Um, mm. I personally, it's just my personal opinion, but I look at what I do as something that it is work, but it's something that I love. So it's not work. They always mm. say, don't they, the cliche, you know, you want to earn money doing what you love. That's the dream. And that is <clears throat> semi what the dream is. It's not quite there yet. Even as a sole trader, for the most part, I don't earn enough money to even pay tax, sadly, which is, you know, quite depressing, but it is what it is. You know, you push forward and you sort of make ends meet and you get the bills where you can and stuff like mm. that. Unfortunately, the summer is a horrible period to be a, a wrestling um, personality, like videographer or anything like that, because obviously the camps come in and the camps are notorious for not paying any money at all, if, if you know, very little. Not enough to certainly make a living unless you're working every single day. And obviously... If you're in charge of camps, you only get a certain degree of money to run these shows. So you're certainly not going to throw a couple of hundred of that at a videographer and have it recorded every day because you're probably going to be having the same matches every day anyway. Mm. So, you know, it's um, it's still quite a, it's a very volatile market. It's always going to be because it's not a stable business. It's just not. It's not. You know, it doesn't have its own. Um, it doesn't have its own union per se. It does have equity now, which is excellent. Um, but it's that thing of, yeah, it's it's quite a volatile market. I don't think, I think it's less than 1% of anyone who works in professional wrestling works without working anywhere else, which gives you an impression of just how difficult it is to crack this market. Mm. Yeah, that makes sense of, like you say, being in a field where predominantly kind of budget is really tight and there are limited funds for, for those opportunities. Um, so even if you do do well enough to be sort of picked up or noticed, invited to come along and, and film or photograph, 
that's it you're invited to come along it's not necessarily there's payment or if there is it's very low so it can be a tricky place i guess to um sort of start to build yourself up to like you say where you're in a situation that you can afford to have this as your kind of air quotes job um is a tricky place but i know you you also mentioned kind of that shift i guess to um in the past there was, there was kind of more wrestling and this was maybe more to the side and now this is maybe more the main thing and the wrestling is slightly to the side um but in the past you'd also mentioned the kind of the the I guess like the well-being related stuff that you got from wrestling and the physical activity and being involved uh if you're doing that less now more focused on what I'd call like a, a delicate task I guess of of, of photo, uh, photographs and video how does that feel because that's quite a quite a different sort of thing for you to be doing day to day and how is that kind of matched with kind of looking after yourself and the things you were getting out of wrestling more more often well productivity wise you're not as one-dimensional when you're um you know when you're just doing wrestling it's very one-dimensional in the sense of train 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 eat properly get in a ring beat somebody up train 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 eat properly repeat process and that keeps going on and on and on mm. and that can actually be very mentally um destroying because there is kind of and also you know let's not forget that you know yes it used to be very much a body sport but mm. nowadays you know people of any kind of body and ill providing they can get the fitness to a certain level can be a wrestler which you know a lot of veterans might argue is not a good thing and there's definitely arguments for both sides because ultimately what we're trying to portray is something that you know, only a certain number of people could ever truly do. You know, if anyone could be Iron Man, what's the allure of watching a Marvel movie? So at the same time, um, <clears throat> yeah, it's very difficult because obviously I'm not getting as much exercise. I am notoriously lazy, as anybody knows, like when it comes to exercise. I, you know, I, for me, I don't enjoy being in the gym at all. I don't see a great deal of value in it. Like mm. in terms of like, I would rather go for a walk around the countryside for two or three hours. That's mm. far more intriguing to me. I, I get sick of looking at the same walls and doing the same things. Just generally, it's just not something I found that's very conducive to me. If I'm in the gym, I'm in there for 40 minutes, then I'm out again. Like I won't spend too much time in there because I know that I'll just tune it out very quickly. Mm. Um, but what I have found is that obviously with mental health, it's very important to be productive and busy and something that I actually am far more now that I'm doing everything in wrestling and not just trying to be a wrestler is that I'm far more productive. There are challenges consistently. I wake up this morning, for instance, a promoter has sent me a message via email saying, hey, um, so we need to modify the graphics because of the updated photos or this guy's got a different name. And all of a sudden it's that challenge of like, right, I've now got to sit down and amend certain things and obviously i can do that very easily but it's that thing of oh okay cool there's something different to do and mm. then once i've done that i then move on to the next task which might be re-editing a video or removing a clip you know there's you get the wrestling is the only business where you get rather unique and sometimes quite infuriating requests <laughs> from promoters especially like it's funny because wrestling is full of people who are extremely ocd and have extremely wide, varied mental health difficulties or can be on the spectrum for any, you know, wrestling has always been kind of, as I've affectionately said, the home of the freaks, you know, like all the geeks, the freaks, the nerds, everything like that. They all kind of come together for wrestling, you know, particularly when it, you look at the fans, 
the overwhelming majority of the fan base are, you know, unique people who came to wrestling because they weren't welcome anywhere else. That's what wrestling takes pride in is creating a home for the people who don't feel like they belong. Because it's very difficult to feel like you belong, particularly in a, a modern day society like now, like, you know, still to this day, like I don't really speak to her anymore, but, you know, still to this day, my mum thinks wrestling is an absolute joke. She thinks she hates it, thinks it's ludicrous, it's stupid, doesn't get it. Which is funny because her generation, ironically, embraced wrestling far more than ours did. Like mm. wrestling has never been less popular, ironically enough. Um, you know, that's reflected in the ratings, for instance, with things like WWE, AEW can't, you know, buy a viewer right now, although ultimately that's their own fault for producing such crap. But that's not really my problem, that's theirs. Um, you know, it's it's that issue of how do you find solace in something that is so turbulent and so out there that's what's ironic about wrestling so it's a haven for all of us despite our difficulties and our mental health issues or just general mental issues regardless of what they are and yet you can ask for a worse business to work in in that regard because it is so volatile it is so incredibly aggressive and difficult and different to work in it is not a cakewalk working in wrestling when I started in wrestling, I was extremely anxious, didn't know how to make eye contact very much. It's about six or seven years ago. Um, you know, severe social anxiety, severe depression, heavily medicated. And ironically enough, the viciousness and the somewhat, you know, savage nature of wrestling has beaten a lot of that out of me. There is something to be said about, you know, people always talk, don't they, about wellness and kindness towards others with mental health and things like that. And absolutely, that should be taken into consideration. But there's actually something to be said about forcing yourself into the lion's pit, into that fucking snake pit and making yourself uncomfortable. You can actually truly produce results doing that. I think it's I think it's very dangerous to create a victimized culture where the only way to fix yourself is to be unhappy or to you know heavily medicate yourself there are an astonishingly different amount of avenues that you can take and actually getting outside of your comfort zone creates great serotonin within your brain because afterwards once you've done it there's that relief and that sense of admiration and achievement that you've done something that you absolutely never would have done or would have been allowed to do so or taught to do so by say a mental health advisor for instance a mental health advisor is not going to say to you right put some spandex on go out in front of an 18 plus crowd and allow them to just physically and verbally try and abuse you for 25 minutes they're going to say absolutely not that's not good for your mental health but that's not correct what is right for one person isn't always right for the other it's never there's never a generalization there's never a blanket you can throw over mental health or how people deal with their demons or the black dog there are so many different things and there are so many wrestlers i know who can tell you the same that yeah without wrestling actually i would have still been a fucking depressed wreck who couldn't you know wipe their own ass properly it's so interesting thank you for sharing all that i think um I, it's really interesting when you're talking about kind of the physical aspect of, of wrestling because because that's what you're talking about but i was sort of thinking about oh like basically just sport and to some extent i guess ge just general no physical activity is not i guess it doesn't have to be competitive sport but like sporting activities that really push you to um 
test your body and your mind and, and pushing it to its limits kind of what you're talking about and i think um it's that other side of i don't know about you but often i see those messages of like go for a walk or go for a run or, or whatever and look i'll be honest those things do work for me but i know they don't work for a lot of people um but having that more intense side to a physical activity i think is something that often it kind of isn't looked at or spoken about um to hearing you talk through there the like the benefit of that of really pushing yourself kind of physically and mentally i think is is really interesting and i think is something that um like i say i don't think is often spoken about but it's kind of on the edge of some conversations if you ever hear kind of elite level athletes in any sport talk about how it has helped kind of their mental health and their well-being or um related to their experience with um illnesses often when they talk they are talking about like the elite level aspect of their sport about um kind of working through or with pain um like if they've had to recover from injuries like the pressure of that recovery period so i think it's really interesting kind of hearing you talk through the relevance of that as well and it did also make me think about, um, I don't know if you've seen them, but I, I remember in the last year or so, I think there being a few different kind of documentaries that have looked at kind of people starting to get into wrestling and wrestling schools and uh, often kind of the, the crossover with not necessarily always mental health illnesses, but kind of general well-being, mental health or learning difficulties and how this can be a a sport and a physical activity that does draw in quite a wide range of people and i think you're kind of picking up on that a little bit but it definitely feels like that sometimes the way it's promoted um through mainstream kind of channels it's like here's this outsider sport and here are these i don't know like outside of people i don't know how true that is or how that matches with kind of your own thoughts around that Oh, yeah, we absolutely see ourselves as outsiders. We treat ourselves that way. We're alternative thinkers, for instance. We have different viewpoints because we don't live within the um, the common fabrication of our society. So, you know, the overwhelming majority of people who work in wrestling do not wake up at nine in the morning, go to their office job, clock in, you know, try not to beat the shit out of some demonstrous prick with a suit on and then go home again and eat dinner, pet their cat, walk their dog, whatever it is, and then repeat process. The reason we're in professional wrestling is because we hate that process. Um, <clears throat> very rarely. I, I love the fact that I can go to a show, like a deathmatch show, which is an extreme 18-plus format with a lot of blood and a lot of violence. It's as close to real violence as you're going to get in professional wrestling. Um, some people argue it's not wrestling. You know, that's, that's up for debate, whatever. But it's that thing of I can go there and watch a guy smash somebody with, you know, a steel tray over the back of their head and then they can slam them on thumbtacks and then they can get a weed whacker out and cut their stomach open or God forbid do something even more horrific. And, you know, one of these guys, for instance, that I've watched do this works in a ketchup factory, bottling up ketchup. Which gives you, you know, a real insight into just how far we get away from the reality mm. like wrestling has always been in its very truest form and escape from our own realities you know it creates 
a new world. And it's funny because wrestling always has this snobbery and this attitude towards it. Of, ah, it's, it's wrestling. It's silly. It's stupid. It's like, how is it any different from watching EastEnders every week? How is it any different mm. from watching a Marvel film or your TV series like The Walking Dead? That's exactly what we're doing is we're producing fictional content that plays out in live action format. That's the difference. And I think some people, because it's played out in live action, people have a hard time disassociating themselves from it you know so they want it they want to say it's fake which is fine and I, i'm not personally as offended as a lot of these older veterans are when somebody says that what i do is fake whatever i don't care about people's opinions as much because i'm not that sensitive to that but at the same time <clears throat> i find it fascinating that people want to say it's fake but then also want to get upset whenever it does something that doesn't align with their opinions mm. there's an incredibly woke element of wrestling fans, for instance, who want to dictate to us what we should and shouldn't be able to do as bad guys. You know, if, if a heel does something truly, truly horrific in their eyes, they can't disassociate themselves from the performance. They assume that, oh, that's that's too close to home, that's too close to real, therefore we need to cancel it, which, in my opinion, is fucking ludicrous um, and also pathetic because then all of a sudden it's like, cool, so we're just going to censor the arts entirely. But the really scary thing is we do live in a society where we are actually trying to censor the arts and not just ourselves, but also the government as well. We saw that with the pandemic when they started to extremely restrict monetization and loans and grants to the theatres and the arts. Like These are things that have been intrinsically linked to our identity since the beginning of time. Uh, and wrestling is, in our opinion, an art form, not for everybody, but it is an art form. It is just that. And it is ex excruciating sometimes to live in a society where <clears throat> people can't just say, that's not for me, move on to the next thing. They mm. must be offended. They must mm. be outraged. Uh, we mentioned outrage culture the last time I was on. Mm. It's, it's something that's truly become much more of a, you know, a facet to me. Um, I I am quite sick and tired of, you know, individuals within the woke culture because it's not an overall problem with the woke culture, it's individuals within it. Um, and it's just a real shame because the concept of woke is supposed to be that you're awake, that you're a little bit more understanding to the needs of others and things of that nature. Um, but people have obviously, as they always do in society, co-opted these uh associated words like woke or liberal or renegade revolution whatever it might be it could be any number of things they co-opt it for their own needs and then they bastardize it and they use it as a shield or a shroud to basically cover up their shitty behavior and unfortunately wrestling seems to cop that a lot you'll probably know this is a wrestling fan you probably see on mm. twitter all the time there's something that upsets but oh mjf said something that upset me I'm, I'm offended well if you're offended fuck off and want something else then how about that they i don't like living in a society where as soon as somebody's offended that automatically means that that thing needs to stop or be changed can we can we at least stop and ask questions as to why that person's offended because you know what? Some people are just too sensitive and not everybody's offense actually needs to be taken that seriously. And it's a really unpopular opinion, but it's one that actually is true. But it's interesting to hear as well. And I think the key thing for me is when you talk through it's opinion, isn't it? Like a lot of what you're talking, it's people forming <laughs> opinions. And I think I'm 
I think we might have said last time, I don't agree with you on everything. And there are some things I do agree with you on. And yet you can sit down and have a conversation and go, "Hmm, I don't don't think the same on that, but I do think the same on that. And um, I think one of the issues I have is often where you see uh, someone will have an opinion, like you say, it's, it's too far or it's wrong or it's whatever. And they kind of, I would say it's dressed up as if this isn't my opinion. This is like, the truth or a fact yeah that's exactly like, how they want to present it and that's where it becomes I was like, that's not the case it's it's your opinion and great because maybe some people maybe i share that opinion but it's still are an opinion of this group it is not the opinion of everyone because it you can never have just that is never going to happen um and and there are things that match for different people and i really like when you were talking through at the beginning about the like the different wrestling styles and the different kind of match types or promotions that you can have as well of it's a really i can't tell when you're sort of on the edge like you say as a fan someone that watches wrestling i sort of see that aspect of there seems to be so much infighting within what is i would describe it as kind of a minority fan group it's a oh, absolutely sport. huge niche. and to see the so niche within much, a niche like so much infighting of like not just i prefer this or i like this but that thing is awful <laughs> like this is better because it's not that and it's like can't you just enjoy the thing that you enjoy no, and not worry not. about the other that requires thing. how dare you like, that requires <laughs> that requires thought process but have none of that nonsense here uh, you must accept that my opinion is stronger than yours that's oh, that's dear. wrestling is the worst for that and that's where i'm gonna cut in midway through our conversation just there's so so many things going on such a cool conversation to be able to sit down with Aaron I think we said at the beginning it's it's like a conversation each year so each year we're coming back and I think there's a nice overlap between kind of the 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 end of the last conversation we've had and the start of this new one um again a big thank you to him for coming on and kind of sharing all his different views and and insights I really hope you enjoyed this episode and are looking forward to hearing the rest of our conversation, which will be in the next episode. So in two weeks time, you'll be able to listen to kind of the second half of this conversation, which we there's a continuation and a few other points that will be picked up in the next one. Um, So again, thank you to Aaron for coming on, sharing his experiences and to all of you for continuing to listen and support the podcast. I look forward to sharing the second half of our conversation in a couple of weeks' time. But for now, here's the outro.
because there are real people, they do have struggles. And it starts to get on my nerves, I just shut down. So many people suffer from mental illness. To get the word out that men have got to start talking. A lot of people don't understand the depth of the situation, so they can appreciate, yeah. It's difficult dealing with our minds, and the suicidal thoughts were back. People knew that there was something not right, but they just never really said anything or probably felt like it wasn't their place to say anything. You're not depressed, it's, it's all in your head. That's probably the statement I've had people say the most. I mean, this, this, this shit is real and it's hard, it's exhausting. Sometimes you need somebody to just give you permission. I don't think people realise how helpful that one conversation can be just to figure out why you are feeling the way you are. Not only did this help me to write it, it potentially might have helped some other people as well. So it sort of started from there. People just want to know that they just want to know that they're safe to talk and share these things. So many people think they're alone. And then you hear other people talk about it and they think, oh, that's, you know, that's so brave or I could relate to that. Um, and then they want to talk about it.